We're starting. Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, welcome back, listeners. It's Friday. We got through another week. And I have a very special guest. Our very special guest today is my friend and co-president of EXP Realty, Dave Kinnor. Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's hectic, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a little crazy out there, but uh, crazy is good. Yeah. It's kind of the way I prefer it. Listen, yeah, I know. It does keep life interesting. Um, nothing like a routine to, uh, you know, basically screw up your day of hectic activity. So um, I really appreciate you <laughs> right. to be on our show today. And listeners, if there's a little bit of a degradation in the normal audio quality, you'll just have to forgive us. That's just an element of the interviews. But um, I'm going to ask Dave the same question that I'm asking all the leaders that we've been interviewing lately. And that question, and I, and I warned him about it a little bit ahead of time, so hopefully um, he's had a chance to think about it. He probably hasn't because I know he's been on the phone constantly solving other problems. But the question that I have for you, Dave, and we're just going to get right to it, is – and I'll just set it up for the listener's sake. So if you had a time machine, and the time machine was able to go six months back in time and then six months you know, forward in time from this very moment, if you were to jump on that, into that time machine and you were able to – Knowing what you know now about what's going on in the world, what's going on at EXP, what's going on in your own personal life, everything, anything that pops into your mind with this question, and you're a jump in that time machine and go back six months and speak to the Dave from six months ago, what would you have told him to do in anticipation of what's happening now? <laughs> you're talking about besides buy toilet paper and invest in Zoom? <laughs> right. Um, right. Exactly. So, yeah, probably those two things. And then, um, you know, preparing financially is, is a key, right? You know, we're, we're in, in a pretty good situation as a company. Um, and so, you know, that has really the, – the, the nature of our business model has really enabled us to weather this um, better than probably a, lo- a lot of others, both in our industry and, and other companies we've seen outside of the industry um, we've been able to, for the mo- at least from a, from a company standpoint, do business as usual without skipping a beat. Um, we know that that's not necessarily always the case for all of our agents in different markets that have uh, various levels of restrictions. But I think um, you know the the number one thing that we would do is to make sure that our agents were prepared um, uh, first and foremost financially, um, offloading any unnecessary expenses. Uh, holding on to any cash that they would need. We've got it. We have uh, circumstances in, in various markets where people are unable to do business as usual. And so closings, uh, you know, have come to a standstill. Uh, listings have stopped going on the market and that sort of thing. So we definitely have some areas where people's, imp- uh, people's uh, financial situation has been impacted, uh, you know, unexpectedly and immediately. Closings that were scheduled to happen were stopped and postponed, uh, sometimes fell apart altogether. 
And so, you know, getting, getting themselves in the best financial circumstance so that they're able to weather the storm, we do expect it to be temporary, but, uh, you know, during that time and during this time now, um, you know, we know that in, in our industry and really any industry where there's independent contractors and, and small business owners, um, it, it tends to be a group that is not great at saving and preparing for the long term. Um, and and I've, even, I've even heard some of the reports out there that even most independent brokerages have less than 90 days cash reserves to operate. So, um, so helping our agents to prepare financially, to offload any unnecessary expenses, to double down where needed, and to, um, to be saving as much money as they can be to prepare themselves for this is number one. Um, number two, uh, you know, preparing for how to do business in this kind of market. We do provide the tools to be able to work virtually um, from a brokerage standpoint, but working locally um, in each market and understanding how to do that, getting our agents ready to be able to, uh, to be, you know, some are highly skilled at, um, you know, virtual showings and uh, 360-degree 300, uh, listing views and virtual tours and all of those things, but some are not. Some have not been using those tools. And so really being prepared to work virtually, um, to work with clients virtually, um, to be very fully versed in all of the different tools to, to um, work when face-to-face -face contact isn't uh, allowed. A lot of those things have been around, but people have, if they haven't needed it, they haven't learned it. And I know for me personally, the last several uh, properties that I've bought and sold on a personal level, I've bought them all. Uh, you know, I went to settlement and, you know, used my finger on a uh, cell phone or an iPad uh, to sign the paperwork and that sort of stuff. So, you know, I haven't, th that's kind of the way that I've operated, but we know that in, in, in not in all markets, uh, you know, is that the case and not with all agents. And so making sure that people have the information and skills. So I think from a financial standpoint and from a skill standpoint, uh, standpoint, those are really, uh, you know, some of the critical pieces to be able to, um, you know, to, to be ready to operate the way that things are right now. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I'm listening to what you're saying, and I obviously agree on every point. The other thing would be, obviously, they need to work on skills, too. You know, the thing, the thing that's hard to sort of – can you imagine actually being in the position to talk to the, you know, Dave of six months ago and sort of tell him, okay, Dave, here's what's going to happen. All right, we're all going to be locked in our houses. There's going to be a plague, a pandemic <laughs> that's going to spread across the country. You'd be like, look, future Dave, you got to put the crack pipe down. That is not going to happen, right? I mean, right. <laughs> right. So you're saying it would get into drugs it. in the future. <laughs> that's right. Well, right. That's right. I mean, it, is, it, it really is a crazy story. It's like something out of uh, uh, some kind of bizarre science fiction. I know it's 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 like a dystopian book where the you know it pretty much you the only thing we're missing really at this point is are zombies. I mean, in maybe next week, right? And then of course there'll <laughs> right. be a zombie there'll right. be a right. zombie relief package, you know. Um, all right, so same scenario. Right. We're gonna jump <laughs> now, but here's but here's the situation. There's a caveat to going forward. Now I know you're. Um, I heard what you said with regards to you hoping that this will be a temporary thing and temporary is whatever temporary is, right? I mean, that could be, well, I'll ask you before I'll mm -hmm. put, you know, words in your mouth. What does temporary mean in your mind? Are you anticipating there to be a recovery prior to there being a vaccine or what do you, I mean, just from the, if you and I were sitting down having a coffee at Starbucks and nobody was listening, what would you tell me your viewpoint was as far as how long is this going to last? Oh, wow. Um, you know, there's so many factors, you know, involved, and there's still so much that's unknown. Um, you know, here in the U.S., we're, you know, we're hopefully, you know, at the peak points and starting to see some potential light at the end of the tunnel as far as uh, 
you know, the actual, um, you know, pandemic itself, but, you know, even that is unknown and, and what happens on the recovery side of this um, potentials for relapse and all that kind of stuff. I'm a fairly positive person. um, And I, you know, I believe we have the opportunity to, um, you know, to have a, a healing curve on this. Um, However, the opportunity is certainly there for, uh, for some relapses and what does that look like and how big would those be and, and how does that impact us? I mean, it's really some of those things where, you know, I'm not a, um, I'm not an expert on, on those things. So how all that works and what that looks like uh, moving forward is really hard to tell. You know, there's a, there's certainly a part of me that, that would like to see things returning to normal as soon as possible. On the other side of me, um, trying also being practical about, uh, you know, what does it mean to move, to go back to, to could it be too quickly you know, and, and what impact would that have and how does that lengthen, um, you know, the, the impact that this has on, on business in general. So, you know, as far as how long this could be, I don't know. I, I am, I, I did see a recent report that said that, you know, of course we do know that in, in China uh, where they've moved through things more, um, you know, a little farther ahead from us that they've seen uh, their unit count go back up to pre coronavirus uh, numbers and, and even beyond, which is a good, at least a good sign. Um, again, you know, numbers coming there, real estate in China is, is very different as well. So uh, reporting is a little bit different, um, but we're also seeing some signs of, of things in some other states in the U.S. that were hit earlier and starting to see some, um, some rebound in listings coming on the market and, and some other things, some signs, some signs of life, some signs of consumer confidence. Where all that goes, you know, remains to be seen. Um, but I, I, I personally believe that, um, you know, we're, we're going to, we don't know what the long-term impact is and how some of the other external factors are, but I think for straight from a real estate standpoint, there's at least going to be a desire for those who wanted or needed to move, whether they were buying or selling or both, um, to do so. And so I think that pent up demand is, is still there. Um, the question is how many of those, the external factors and other market factors are going to impact people's ability to do so, whether it's from a banking standpoint, um, and a lending standpoint, um, we're, we've seen some restrictions get strengthened um, in some areas, and um, and then from a job standpoint as well, how many of those people that wanted and or needed to buy or sell are now unable to, you know, based on that. So, you know, how that impact hits, um, uh, you know, to me, I think is is still remains to be seen. Well, what you said there, I mean, the bottom line is, is no matter what's happening in the economy, no matter, and you said this, and no matter what's happening with anything, really, you know, because there are, that's the thing, it, it, you just, you know, are going through your, I can tell you were thinking as you were talking, it's like, there's so many variables, it's hard to really know. Our stance is, um, and our listeners know this, is that basically everything's going to be abnormal until there's a vaccine, because until there's a vaccine, all those uncertainties and all those unanswered questions are always going to be lingering. But what you said there, I hope the listeners heard, no matter what's going on with interest rates or, unfortunately, a pandemic or elections or just doesn't even matter what, no matter what SBA programs are coming and they're going, all that stuff, none of that really matters uh, because at the end of the day, there's always going to be sellers that have to sell. And it does not, again, market conditions, whatever, sellers are always going to have to sell. So if you focus all your best energies, listeners, I'm going after motivated sellers, learning how to do that. It really, I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter because it will, and it will affect your business, but the reality of it is, is you will still have the business, um, and so you'll be less affected. And that's the main focus, is making sure you know how to work with motivated sellers 
And uh, I mean, you know, guys, there's people listening that have never sold houses in a hot seller's market outside of, you know, Detroit. And I mean, when Julie and I were selling real estate, it was never a seller's market. And a lot of you guys have to uh, adjust your thinking and realize that the core reason that people bought houses was not to make money. People buy houses to live in, right? Even expensive houses. They need a place that's a safe community that's healthy, great schools, close to what the things are that are important to them. And those reasons will always be true. And so the, it's, you know, predicating uh, a uh, belief that housing has to always be uh, appreciating in value is not the way it actually traditionally has ever been. So that's going to be the first thing I think that's everyone's right. going to need to be challenged to remove that from their consciousness. And once you do that, you know, the funny thing, Dave, is once you think like that, then all the stresses of the uncertainty sort of just melt away because you realize there's always going to be bazillions of sellers that have to sell, you know. Literally that's right. millions. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's and a, that's going to be extra true now. That's a great message. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, yeah. and, and well, you okay. know, to your point there, um, to, to your point on that is is that you know I've always told people you know it's very rare that you have the opportunity if you're if you're buying and selling you know to live and it's not an investment purpose it's very rare that you have the opportunity to win on both sides. Right, it's either a buyer's market or a seller's market, and you know maybe a slightly balanced market or whatever. But either way, if you, unless you're a first-time buyer, if you're a first-time buyer, you're not selling anything and you're just coming into the market for the first time, then you benefit from a buyer's market. Otherwise, if you're selling in order to buy and it's a buyer's market, you're going to get less for your house than you would get in a in a seller's market. But then when you go buy, you're going to get a better deal as a buyer. Right? If it's a seller's market, you're going to get a great deal selling your house, and then you're going to go buy a house, and you're going to pay top dollar because it's, <laughs> because it's the seller's market. And so you know, either way, no matter what's going on with the marketplace, if the value of your house is down right now and you sell it for less than you wanted to sell it for and you focus on that as being the issue, you have to keep in mind that you know, and unless you're just renting from there forward, you're going to go buy something else, and you're going to get a great deal. And so financially, it really balances itself out. And so the, oper- the need to buy or sell is there. Um, se- you know, you said sellers need to sell, and that opportunity is there. And so we need to get them focused on the fact that, you know, if they're only looking at what they can afford based on what they can sell their house for, they have to understand that they can win on the buy side. And if they got top dollar for their house, that, meant, that means that they're going to pay top dollar for the next place they're going to go. They're not going to win, both, they're not gonna win on oh, yeah. both sides. I mean, he's giving you guys a great you – know, obviously, you can imagine the scripts around what he's saying. I mean, it's fantastic. But really, if you just – listeners, where you're getting stuck, coaching clients, realtors, where you guys are getting stuck is the belief that you could only be successful in one kind of market where the houses are – you know, everyone's thinking they're buying a you know, golden ticket from Willy Wonka, right? And the reality of it is, is that's not true. You can make money no matter what direction the market's going. Um, no matter whether houses are appreciating or depreciating, because guys, look, well, I was, here's the next question, okay? <laughs> All right, so the next question is, we are going to jump back in that time machine, right? And when we hit the future, six months from now, I'm going to sort of paint this really dystopian future. I might throw some zombies in just for color, okay? So things are a lot worse. All right, sounds good. The financing, the, fi- <laughs> the financing stuff has not sorted itself out. Lenders are more particular. The default rate is increasing, um, you know, playing into the election. Obviously, the election fever is even, you know, as palatable. People are really distracted. There's still no uh, vaccine. Um, there's, the uncertainty's uh, gotten worse. There might even be some cities around, like happened in northern Italy and like happened in other parts of Europe, 
where because of people got sick of being forced to essentially give up their liberties, they started to revolt. I mean, so let's say that it gets to the point where I'm not talking about a huge mass pandemic of fear and violence. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if the market has not gotten noticeably better, if some of the naysayers' predictions have played out and it's six months from now, what do you wish you would have been doing differently now? So the future version of – so we're in that time machine. We land in the future, and, the, and, and we just met with the, the future Dave, and his hair is a little disheveled. You know, he, he looks like he needs some coffee, <laughs> right. you know, <laughs> there's, there's a smell of, you know, yes, right. Bags under the eyes, right. Maybe a couple of bruises on his arms. I mean, who knows? Right. And so that future Dave is going to tell the current Dave here what he should be doing. And, and then he, and, and he's saying, listen, this is what, this is what's coming into our future. What would be the things you'd be wanting to do different now if, if the future, if you knew with a high level of certainty, it was going to be a lot harder than it is now? What would you be doing, and how would you be positioning yourself? Yeah, you know, what's interesting is probably very similar advice that I would have given myself in the past, Dave. Right? Um, you know, I think from a financial standpoint, number one is is uh, you know I'd be encouraging everyone to do whatever they can with their finances to um, you know protect their cash position to. Uh, get rid of unnecessary expenses and that kind of stuff, put themselves in the best financial position. And I would, ha I would be encouraging your clients to be doing the same thing, right? Because if, if the fact of the matter is that it's, it's more difficult to borrow money in the future, right? Then your credit needs to be a little bit better. You may have to have more cash. I've seen some things where, you know, now it's uh, some people requiring 20% down on certain things, maybe, um, you know, certain jumbo loans and other, other difficulties in, in other, you know, financing options and, and that sort of thing. So we don't know how, how the banks are going to respond to this and what that's going to look like. If it's a more negative, uh, you know, outcome, right, then the, the, you know, cash is king, having as much of that as possible, um, having cash reserves in the, in the bank, having uh, your credit can be. So these are all the things we want to prepare our clients to be in the best position to be able to both buy and sell, right? A lot of times, on the on the sell side, the reason that they need a certain price is because they have to have a certain amount of money to go to the next step that they want to take, right? And to be able to do that, and um, if they're in a better cash position, right, and in a better financial position, then whether it's getting the right loan on the other side or having the you know uh, more money to be able to put in themselves towards something to get to the fin final result that they want. Um, those things are going to be important. So if they have time now, if they're going to wait. Um, or if they're preparing to do it in the near future, or if they've decided to hold off and kind of wait till things bounce back or whatever, um, then use, utilizing that time to, to put ourselves, but also to help our clients get themselves in the best possible position so when the time comes where it needs to happen, they're in the best position to do it. I think that's going to be important So from a financial standpoint. I would also say from a skill standpoint, the other thing we talked about, finance and skills, is understanding how to capture business. There will be... It, you know, the restrictions may make it harder for some, right, and maybe even many to buy or sell. And we saw this, you know, I was operating in real estate, you know, back in the last downturn, the last big one in 07 and beyond, right? And we saw that for a while there, it was, there was a hardship. There were fewer people that were able to uh, qualify for loans and people that were in other financial hardships, right? And so, But there were still people buying and selling. Now you have um, – you have fewer clients. It's sort of like operating outside of the spring market, right? A lot of times realtors check out um, during, uh, you know, when it's not the hot market times during the, the seasonality, during the troughs, 
people check out and people say, you know, I talk to a lot of agents that between Thanksgiving and February, they just don't plan on doing very much business and they don't put a lot of effort into it. Um, well, some others really lean in during those times and capture a lot more market share. And so, you know, there's going to be a time where there, there may be fewer buyers and sellers. It's going to be that much more important to make sure you're capturing as much business as possible, which means you are in constant communication with your sphere and finding new ways to develop those relationships, to stay in touch, to prepare them, and to they choose to do business when, with when the time is right. Expanding your sphere and, and, and enlarging your opportunity and the people that you can be communicating with using the spheres of your sphere and developing different types of spheres. I was talking about this recently about all of the different ways to slice and dice both your market and your, your spheres of influence and, and looking at it in lots of different ways to understand what types of uh, niche markets and, and other groups you may have within your sphere and how to develop those and enlarge those um, based on their connections and to uh, continue to grow that. So uh, communication is going to be really key. Capturing as much business as possible is going to be key and being very knowledgeable about that market and being that, being that expert to help guide them through and to help get every deal that is possible closed. All right. And so if they run into any um, roadblocks in the transaction, knowing how to get around over around under or through those roadblocks, to get as many deals closed to help as many clients who want to buy or sell to be able to buy or sell because of your knowledge, because of the partnerships that you have with the right lenders, the right people in the business, so that you have every opportunity to get things to the closing table and to get people who want to buy or sell to be able to buy or sell, to educate that to them that they can. They, they, people are listening to the news and they're listening to negativity and they're thinking that they can't do it. You can be that beacon of hope. You can be the one sharing, hey, I know the way to get there. Follow me. I can, you can still do this. You know, we are not closed for business. Let's keep going. Well, so you said, you said two, so I think a it's back to really, finances and skills. No, well, here's, here's something you said, which was, I mean, you said many great things, but here's a really cool point you made. And yes, actually you said November till the spring market is when they check out for really the new checkout time seems to be right around Halloween. Uh, you know, they seem to check out right mm -hmm. after Halloween or the week of Halloween, and they don't come back until. I mean, we see that in our opens for emails, listens on our podcast. But it's funny, it used to be the end of November, and now someone unofficially said it's going to now be, you know. But here's the, the, the really cool point that he made is that's what a lot of agents are doing right now. They're checking out as if it were a holiday and an extended spring break. There's a statistic, Dave, I don't know if you heard this, but the average American is watching eight hours per day of Netflix. Think about that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's insane. Which means the average agent That's is watching crazy. 16. Right? <laughs> so if there was ever a <laughs> right, if the future, right. Right? If the, if there is, if the future, guys, is going to be as challenging, if not more challenging than now, which, by the way, is the smartest approach to take. It's the old hoping for the best but preparing for the worst. The smartest approach to take, as he said, was obviously you know, get your finances in order, right? But the real focus right now should not just be on, you know, binging on Netflix. The real focus needs to be learning the new skills that this new market's going to require. Whatever happens, however long it takes, maybe it's the vaccine which pushes this any meaningful, you know, return to anything other than abnormal back into the middle of next year, which some people are predicting. Even if it's that, guys, it really, again, it's incredibly important you get this into your head. There's still people that need to sell their houses. 
There are people that are going to be sellers right now who are going to be fearful of losing their equity, and they're going to want to sell their houses sooner than later. There's going to be um, you know, a notice default increase. There's going to be a, an, an increase in probate. There's going to be an increase in uh, short sales. There's going to be an increase in uh, very motivated sellers just for a variety of normal reasons as well. So work on your skill set. So many agents are coming out of this boom seller's market, not ever really developing any real drill-down sales skills. And maybe in this past market, you really didn't have to to feel successful and to make some uh, decent money. But now you do. So you've got this little window into the future, guys. And, and I, we're saying effectively the exact same thing. If you knew with reasonable certainty that there's a high probability that the future is not going to be a thousand, you know, it's not going to be returned to the way it was only 45 days ago, which is crazy to even think about, then it is imperative that you protect yourself financially. It's imperative that you protect yourself skill set. And he said something really cool, too. Did you guys hear what he said? When you walk into a listing appointment or even working with a buyer, the skill set you have now are the skills. Imagine walking with a toolbox, right? So in your toolbox, you have a screwdriver. Or, and that would be those of you who are just dependent on, say, buying buyer leads. Or those of you who are you know, dependent solely on buying centers of influence or getting centers of influence with past clients' business. So let's say you have a Phillips screwdriver and a hammer. Well, in this new market, you need to walk in with your toolbox with that Phillips screwdriver and the hammer, but you also need to have all kinds of other tools to solve the problems that these folks are going to have. And some of them are going to financial. Some of them are going to be psychological. You're going to have to develop a skill set that people are going to want to do business with or you're not going to do business. And the days of centers of influence and past clients just choosing you because they knew you, they still might give you an opportunity to earn their business, especially on the sell side. But they're not just going to automatically give it to you unless you walk into that house with the toolbox, hold the tools that they need to solve their problems. Does that make sense, Dave? Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And um, you know, I'll give a, I'll give an analogy and, and an explanation to it real quick. Um, but our quote and an analogy from it. But you know, there's a quote that says, "You can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf." Right. And uh, yeah. and if you've ever been to the, been to the beach or been surfing or anything else like that. You know, if you've ever been out there when this, when this, the waves are really rough and you've just gotten pummeled, right? And you're trying, maybe you're trying to get out and they just keep coming and crashing on you and you're getting spun around and, you know, drinking some salt water and, and all those kinds of things. You know, it's tough. And if, if, if you surf, you know that, you know, you have to kind of anticipate that wave and you have to start paddling in advance to get ahead of the wave so that you can catch the wave. Otherwise, if you ever watch surfing, you'll see, you know, people that try to, catch the wave and they're paddling and then the wave kind of rises up and then it goes out in front of them. And then the curl happens out in front of them and, and they just end up kind of coasting back, right? They, they miss that wave. And so it's sort of that same thing where when we can see the wave coming, we have to start paddling in advance. We have to start getting ready in advance. We know, if, okay, if this wave is coming, if we have, we didn't know this wave, Right. We didn't know this was happening and the way it was going to happen and everything else. So this one kind of crashed on our heads a little bit. Um, but we can anticipate potential waves for the future and start paddling. And that paddling is, is that preparation. That paddling is, paddling is the financial preparation. It's a skill set preparation. It's the information preparation. It's, it's a contact and communication preparation. It's you know, really taking this time to break down your business and look for the areas of opportunity in your business um, start looking at all the numbers of your business and looking at what they tell you. They're going to identify where your opportunities are. They're going to identify potential niche markets and people that you can communicate with. They're going to identify uh, which one of your lead sources tends to be working the best and where to, where to put your time, your efforts, and your money, and what's going to be most likely to be driving business in the near future for you as you move forward. 
So those, all that preparation, all of those things, that's that paddling. So when the wave does come, you're going to be in the best chance to catch the wave and ride it forward. You know, the wave that I think every single one of us are so grateful that we caught was the XP. And, and look, listeners, I know some of you are rolling your eyes right now, but the reality of it is, is this company literally was built for this market. There is, it just, it's, I, I almost got emotional when I was on the podcast the other day because I got to thinking, I got to mm. thinking all the people that are in EXP that are benefiting from having, a, you know, essentially found this model years ago and now they have you know passive income from the revenue share they have all this financial security that they've built they have you know they're surrounded by all just this really forward-thinking agents what an amazing vision that glenn had you know to he i'm sure i I seriously doubt he anticipated a pandemic but to find ourselves working with you as our co-president and firing ourselves in this brokerage now during this time does not seem almost unreal how lucky we all are it really is pretty outstanding. We were just recently talking about a few things having to do with that. And, and, you know, one of them was the fact that, you know, first first and foremost, I know, you know, brokerages out there care about their agents, right? They want to help them. They want to serve them. Um, you know, all of the other companies that, you know, we call competitors, but we're really all in this together, right? I mean, we're, we're all out there trying to achieve the same thing, serve, serve the client, help buyers and sellers, um, and we should be supporting each other. And I know other brokerages care about their agents and they're, they're trying to respond to it, but you know, they have had to pivot and they've had to adjust, change the way they do business and figure it out. And it's been clunky. And you know, how do we, how do they get their staff doing things and how do they still provide information to their agents? Those companies are focusing so hard on how to keep themselves going and how to provide services in a different way and take care of their own staff and do all that kind of stuff that focusing in on providing things for the agents is, is tough. And it's taken a little while and it's been an adjustment and some things still don't work right. And they're trying to figure it out. Um, and we know they're doing the best they can, but for us, we've always operated this way, right? We operate virtually. Our staff didn't skip a beat. We literally kept doing business the exact same way. We've always kept business, kept doing business, you know, throughout this entire process. We haven't shifted a thing because it's the, we were built for this, right? So from that standpoint, our agents, you know, everybody had to adjust, and everyone has to adjust to the market and adjust to, the, to their clients and what's happening and all that kind of stuff. Other agents have also had to adjust to new ways of interacting with their brokerage and their business and how to get paid and you know, where to send things and, and all of that kind of stuff. So they've had so many other business things to adjust to that our agents have not had to worry about. They, our agents could just be 100% focused on their own businesses and working with their clients and those sorts of adjustments locally in their market. So that's been one huge thing. The other one has been the fact that we have this monster training facility, right? We have EXP World where our agents, we have over 60 classes per week, live classes taught by top agents that are happening all the time anyway um, from top agents from all around the country and all around the world that are, that are bringing their expertise of what's happening in their markets. And these top agents are the ones that are running into things first, right? If you're closing you know, hundreds of deals to thousands of deals a year, you're moving really quickly and you're coming into challenges really quickly and having to learn how to pivot on those quickly and how to change and how to operate your business. They're seeing things before other agents that aren't doing as much business. They're able to, to quickly come back, kind of report from the front lines and saying, Hey, this is what we're seeing. We've had to adjust to it a whole bunch of times already. So we've already trial and errored a bunch. Let us share with you what happened, right? That's, that's what you guys are doing, right? You, you guys are out there as coaches 
helping people pivot quickly. You're out there on the front lines and seeing what's happening by talking to so many top producing agents, bringing that back to your group and your coaching clients and sharing with them what's up. We're doing that in the XP world, in the training classes. So we have tons of classes. We've increased now. We've gone up this last week. We had 78 live classes in one week, right? We've been doing a minimum of 60 classes a week. We've beefed that up. Now we're doing 75 to 80 classes a week, all on how to thrive and succeed in this current market. And we were able to start doing that immediately. So there was no, you know, we didn't have to switch to Zoom and try to figure out some other stuff and how does the tech work on this. We have it structured. Our classes are all recorded. I mean, it is, it is a well-oiled machine in how we're doing all of this. Um, and then we've opened it up. We've opened it up now in doing training passes to allow agents from other companies to come in if they're struggling to succeed in this market. Now we're inviting other agents saying, hey, we're in this together. We have the shelter for you. Come on in. Get training on how to keep your business going because it benefits us when everybody out there in the marketplace is able to do business. If you're able to get your listing going and get your client working with us, then that helps us. If, if, we're, you know, if you're able to bring your client to, to our listing and somehow get our listing sold in today's market and we can help you do that, then you know, we succeed together. Yeah, absolutely. I can't think of any better way, and I know you've got to get back to work. I really appreciate your time. We went a little bit over. I just looked at the clock. So listen, I really, really appreciate your time, and thank you for being uh, at the helm of this whole thing. You've been, uh, you've been a great leader. I've watched, um, I've watched you and uh, Jason, your co-president. You guys really stepped into the – there may have been like a slight, you know, maybe like a five-second delay, and then boom, you guys were ready for action. It was so awesome to see how quick you guys pivoted and accepted the new reality. And just, you know, it's because, like you said, we were already – this company was already positioned for this. We just said, well, guess what? We have the XP world. Guess what? We have Rebella. You know, we know what we're supposed to be doing. We right. just amplify what we're doing, and that's what's been so amazing to see. And really, the, it, the fact that we're providing training now for any agent, regardless of their broker affiliation, so that we can support the entire industry, that's really what leadership is all about. And I really you know, I appreciate what you're putting together. And so, listeners, there it is. I mean, look, this is what it's like to uh, think – on the front lines. I mean, Dave is co-president of a company that has roughly 30,000 agents growing faster than really, I think it's probably a true statement that EXP has grown faster than the history of any other real estate brokerage. Um, and it's going to keep growing because of this market. So this is an example of a business that actually will go to the next level faster because of this market, because it's already adapted. You can do the same thing. So listeners, if we could just, if I could just leave you with this closing thought, and then I went. Hopefully, Dave has time for give us some closing closing thoughts. Don't fear this market. Fear of your fear your lack of preparedness for this market. You can't change the market or the market conditions, but you can change your reaction to it based on your skill set. That's something very simple to change. Realize, and this is a good place to start because it's humbling. Realize that probably 90% of what you were doing to get and retain business during the past seller's market won't work now. Might, maybe that's an overstatement, but the fact is that it starts you with a clean sheet of paper, at least mentally and emotionally, so you can be receptive uh, to learning the new things. Monitor listeners, when you come across something that you just like revolt against, oh, I don't want to know about short sales or whatever it is, that's where your growth needs to be. So wherever you're resisting the most is where your growth needs to be, and start making a mental checklist of where you push back. Like, I bet all of you pushed back when Dave was talking about getting your money right. I bet every single one of you pushed back, but he's absolutely right. That's job one. That's what we've been focusing on our podcast for what, guys, the last three weeks. So make sure you go back and listen and you prepare. 
So who knows what the next six months is going to be like, let alone the next 18 months. But you know how you will, you know what you have to do to prepare for it, no matter what comes your way. Any closing thoughts from you, Dave? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I've got three really quick ones. The first one is, you know, I've been saying that the, you know, the, the road to success is covered with flat squirrels who could not make a decision and didn't get out of the way, right? So that's number one. Don't let yourself be a flat squirrel, all right? You've got you to gotta, you gotta act quickly, okay? This, this happens, okay, boom, face reality, and move on, right? So that's, so that's number one. Don't be a flat squirrel. Number two, it is said that there are more generals made in wartime than peacetime and more millionaires made in a down market than an up market. So I want you to shift your mindset and don't look at the negative side of this. I want you to look at the, this as an opportunity. This is an opportunity right now. And so those of you that see this as an opportunity and look for ways to seize on the opportunity and to build something from this, you are the ones who will drive success. And it's like a tsunami. When it comes through, you know, that the people that were the, the, the buildings that were the tallest buildings after the tsunami go away, goes away, those are often not the tallest buildings anymore. They're new buildings that, are the, that become the tallest buildings. And so it, when things shift, you have an opportunity to, to build something here. So take advantage of it. This is time of opportunity. And the last thing I'll say is that success favors speed. Don't wait. Mm. And that ties back in with my flat squirrel analogy. Move quickly. Be decisive. Learn and make things happen. This is absolutely opportunity time, and you can build great success during this time. Hey, man, God bless. Listeners, thank you uh, for listening. Tune in anytime, Real Estate Coaching Radio. Um, and, yeah, guys, there it is. There's the way forward. Hey, Dave, thank you for your time today. God bless. Stay healthy. My pleasure. Thank you, my friend. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.